everybody's going to talk about the quarterback competition, but Monty Montgomery and Ashanti Seastrunk may be about to have a spring war. It should be interesting. Everything's on the line for those guys. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for tuning into the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis, and thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Monty Montgomery and Ashanti C. Strunk could be about to square off in the spring training battle royale, essentially. This is going to be very important. With Pete Golding putting in a new defense, all the positions are basically etched in sand. And you have people that are coming in that are transfers with all the accolades that come with them. And then you have players like Ashanti Seastrunk, who has up and down contributed with Ole Miss for four or five years. But in this defense, which is going to be somewhere in between a 4-2-5 and a 3-3-5, essentially. That, that, that's what's going to happen. If anybody's expecting a 4-3 or um, a 3-4, you are sadly mistaken. But at this defense, there's going to be a 4-2-5, 3-3-5, some sort of a multiple variation of that with a jack linebacker determining which it is. It's really going to be an over or under defense, but that's a little bit too in the weeds for everyone. Ashanti Seastrunk is going to try and be the person that plays next to Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste. Because we assume that that thumper in the middle of the defense is going to be there. He's going to be the Henry Toa Toa player, um, Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste. So that opens up essentially a wheel linebacker between Ashanti Seastrunk and Monty Montgomery. Monty Montgomery is getting rave reviews in the offseason in the weight room. We've all read that. Ashanti Seastruck has been, if anything, solid over his year. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with a defensive system change. Honestly, he fits exactly what we want to do. So we'll see with Monty Montgomery and Ashanti Seastruck, who will pair out. It's going to start in under a week. Can you believe we are under a week away from spring practice? This is amazing. Um, But... That battle is something everybody should be looking for, especially if I'm talking to it, talking about it before the quarterback battle. Just because we talk about it so much so often, Jackson Dart, Spencer Sanders, and Walker Howard are about to engage in the most public quarterback battle in like eight months at Ole Miss, honestly, if we're going to be real about it. But It'll be interesting to see. We've talked about over and over again, the quarterback that gets the ball out of his hands, uses the whole field and doesn't turn the ball over, is going to be the one that steps on the field against Mercer. Um, We'll see exactly how that goes. Right now, if I had to bet, and you asked me how this would end up, A, I don't think anything will be decided in the spring. It's going to be completely open at the end of spring, just because of transfer portal reasons but in the fall if you ask me how this is going to turn out I kind of waffle back and forth on it you think about it you you don't really see quarterbacks 
that get over in linebacker blindness. Whenever, you know, things happening like that. Because I want Jackson Dart to win this job. I think this he's the quarterback I'm rooting for. And I always tell people, don't root for quarterbacks. Root for somebody to win the job because Ole Miss will be better for it. But Jackson Dart is such a good guy that you almost can't help but root for him. So, if he can use the whole field, get over that linebacker blindness, maybe the RPO game, something like that, and the offense can look a little bit closer to what it used to look like, he has the upper hand, bar none. If he can't, then it gets interesting. Spencer Sanders, a four-year starter, there are rumors about his shoulder. Has he been throwing? Has he not been throwing? Is he going to participate in spring? Is he not? We're going to find out that answer in about a week. But the same thing holds true. Run the whole offense. Use the whole field. Do not turn the ball over. Get the ball out of your hands so you're not taking unnecessary hits. If he can do that, he will be the starting quarterback when Mercer rolls around. If he can't do it, if if it's a situation to where after spring it's just meh, because I do think that's the only way that this next scenario is going to happen. If neither quarterback has a particularly good spring, because there's one quarterback that I think can win the quarterback job in spring, and that is Jackson Dart. If nobody wins the job, and they don't look particularly good doing it to where the gap between them and Walker Howard is not that high, once fall camp gets here, everything could change. And Walker Howard, through his anticipation and the things that he has shown to do at a higher level than a normal college high school quarterback did, He'll have an opportunity to do that at Ole Miss in the fall. And he'll have a chance, if it gets to the point where it's just meh in the spring, he will have a legitimate chance in the fall. And he is they're all coming into work. You can see the looks on their face. They're absolutely coming into work. And they're, do, they're going to do what is required. And one of those things, may the best man win. And the best man will win. And the winner is going to make Ole Miss better no matter who that quarterback is. But that is all going to start when that quarterback battle tips off. Tips off, get it? Got Chris Beard, Isaac Shade coming up in segment three. Yeah. Um, This spring, like next Tuesday, it gets tipped off per se. So it should be really, really interesting. Hey, when we come back after this break, why is Lane Kiffin more serious this year than he appeared to have been the last three years? Or at least why is he publicly more serious? I have some thoughts about that. But right now, I do want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat-first bet up to 1000 bucks. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet does not win, 
Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And yes, I realize that in the state of Mississippi, you have to go to a brick-and-mortar casino. But if you're visiting Memphis, if you're visiting Nashville, if you're visiting New Orleans, heck, if you're going to Shreveport or Monroe or over the river in Delta, Louisiana, you can download the app and use it there. So don't miss out on your chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It's an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Now, grab your bracket and go listen to Locked On Bracket breakdown challenge or whatever with national analysis and insights from our local experts the locked on college basketball bracket breakdown has everything you need to make the most informed decisions on your bracket find the episode on locked on college basketball wherever you get your podcast on our youtube it's on the podcast channel right now and pretty cool thing before the ncaa tournament starts today um, I have jury duty today on the first day of the NCAA tournament because I'm insanely unlucky, but we'll see exactly how that goes as well. Hopefully, I will be out of there by noon, and I'm not going to miss very much of the games. So Lane Kiffin this season, at least publicly, has come across much more serious than he has in the past. And before it was Twitter personas and trolling and all of the stuff that we were used to with Lane Kiffin. But this year, there's an element of seriousness that has enveloped the football program. And part of that, I think, is the way that last season ended. I think this is Lane Kiffin doing what he needs to do to mend fences. I think Lane Kiffin is doing what he needs to do to maximize success at Ole Miss. Because if Lane Kiffin wants to leave Ole Miss, and no coach is permanent, the the age of Bobby Bowden, the age of those guys, it's pretty much over. But if Lane Kiffin wants to get out of Ole Miss, one thing he has learned from last year is, A, there's not many places that can give him exactly what he wants to get out. So he either needs to maximize what Ole Miss is doing, and with doing that, maybe you get a, top three, top four type job. Maybe that's the alternative. But if he wants to leave, he has to get serious. He has to win big at Ole Miss. He can't have an end of the season again. He can't do what happened in 2022 again. He needed to come out and have massive success. Part of that comes from the quarterback competition that's going to happen. Part of that comes from his public persona amongst Ole Miss fans. And part of that we're going to see during the Rebel Road Trip when he gets on that is he has to go around, press some flesh, shake hands, kiss babies. He's going to do those things, and by the time football season gets here, it's going to be completely fine. Just like everybody told you when it happened, we were all upset, but if he did the things he needed to do, everything was going to be fine, and it was all going to be forgiven. And that is what's going on. But that serious demeanor has led to the quarterback room getting completely packed. I think I saw on Ole three that Ole Miss was rated the number four quarterback room in the SEC 
That's silly. Stop it. That's silly. Uh, no. No, I think Tennessee was on the list ahead of Ole Miss, and that's just like um, Joe Milton, who had a decent game in the Orange Bowl. But one of my favorite jokes is, if you need a quarterback that can throw the ball 40 yards, get Joe Milton. You know, that's your guy. Joe Milton can throw the ball 40 yards. But if you need a guy that can um, throw the ball 20 yards, well, Joe Milton can throw the ball 40 yards. That, that That's kind of the way that works. I mean, he might have all the skills in the world, but just like Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, that doesn't necessarily translate. Production has to be there. Without production, it's just analytics. It's just numbers on a piece of paper. You need production. You need to see exactly how it goes. And I got off on a soapbox here, but Tennessee being ranked ahead of Ole Miss in quarterback rooms is absolutely um, ridiculous. I understand that they have Nico Imaleva. I got it. Or Imaleva or whatever, however you pronounce that. I get that. But he has never thrown a pass in college football. If you're looking at five stars, Walker Howard's on Ole Miss's roster and is in third team. He's not your backup. Tennessee has no no business being ahead of Ole Miss on that list. I'm sorry. Just absolutely no business. LSU I can see because I like Garrett Nussmeyer and I like Jaden Daniels. It, you know, that's fine. But I think Georgia's on the list, and that's just purely on potential. You don't have any to- any semblance of a returner coming back, so you're not exactly sure what you're going to have. You know, who I think whether it be Carson Beck or Gunnar Stockton or whoever wins that job is going to be talented. You got five stars all over the place, but it's not the best quarterback room in the SEC. At best, it's middle of the pack because it's completely unproven. It's like I said, it's like that coaching analogy. Your potential is going to get me fired. Yeah, it there's there comes a point where you need to actually go out and do some stuff. Like, I am extremely high on Walker Howard. There's no joke about that. But until Walker Howard gets on the field and actually does something, there's going to be questions about him. But whenever you have a four-year starter that was, I think, an MVP of the Fiesta Bowl in 2021, whenever you have a returning starting quarterback coming back that got better as the year went on, it seems like your quarterback room would be further ahead than people that have guys that never played. That's my point there. It, like I said, I've got off on a tangent a little bit, um, but it is what it is. We have Isaac Shade coming up from Locked On College Basketball. He's going to talk about the Chris Beard hire and what can Ole Miss can expect. What does a Beard team look like? We're going to concentrate on the on-the-court stuff, and exactly what you can expect Ole Miss to look like moving forward. Um, should be a lot of fun. I've, like I said, I've got jury duty today, so I'm probably not going to be online and on the um, on like I normally am. So we'll see how that goes. And tomorrow I'm trying to figure out exactly how I'm going to do it as well. So we'll, we'll see exactly what goes on. I'm going to have to probably have to record Thursday night tonight um, tomorrow's show, so it could be a later type deal. Could be up against it. It's going. It's might affect content. This whole jury jury duty thing 
is basically messing up my content routine. And I'm a person that is so much routine based. It, 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 there is comfort in the routine. And yeah, that that's completely messed it up. But those are the two position battles that are going to be the most important this spring. And also, this is why Lane Kiffin is taking Ole Miss football in 2023 so freaking seriously. Anyway, we have Isaac Shade coming up after this. Stick around. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. You know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, comment, upvote, all of that stuff. Also, go to the Locked On College Basketball YouTube channel and do the exact same of that. I'm here with Isaac Shade, one of the hosts of the Locked On College Basketball. You hear me, you hear me talk about that show a lot on this show and it's like, hey, Ole Miss might be relevant on that show now. It's, it's, it's weird. It's been a down year, but it's, they are relevant. And I, I, let's just jump straight in, Isaac. What are your impressions on this Chris Beard hire? He's a phenomenal basketball coach. The dude has never had a losing season at any level as a head coach. 70% winning percentage. This is, in terms of basketball, a slam dunk for Ole Miss. This is a guy that, like any any program in America from an X's and O's and recruiting standpoint would to, I mean, Kentucky Duke, anyone would salivate over having him as the man on their sidelines. What a win for Ole Miss. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And just to think about what Ole Miss basketball, because let's just be real about this. If you go back a hundred years and look at Ole Miss basketball, you can tell the story of their success in like four minutes. <laughs> I mean, seriously, and that 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 is what Ole Miss basketball has been over the last hundred years. And then you have, I mean, where would he rank in the SEC as a coach? He, he would have to be like one, two, or three. I mean, you have potential with Nate Oates. I mean, everybody's expecting Nate Oates to take that jump, uh, but he hasn't yet. Um, John Calipari has that history on his he's side. Not, he's not as good an X's and O's coach as Chris Beard. I'll say that right off the top. Yeah, John Calipari can recruit his butt off. He is not the coach that Chris Beard is. Yeah, but whenever you look at it and you start going through the members of the SEC right now, Chris Beard might be number one, maybe number two on that list. I I completely agree with you. You're going to get no argument from me on that. Uh, By the way, shots to like Johnny Newman and talking to Old Miss history, like let's get (laughs) some of these names in there, right? It's so good. But um. Yeah, when when we look at what is going to be the SEC hierarchy now, I would put Nate Oates up there. Um, Rick Barnes would be in that conversation, I think, as well. He's a phenomenal defensive basketball coach. But yeah, if you're giving me a podium medal of the SEC coaching hierarchy, Chris Beard's right in that conversation. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal stuff. And he had his presentation earlier this week at Ole Miss and started talking about it. And he said, hey, I didn't come to Ole Miss to make the NCAA tournament. I came to Ole Miss to win the SEC tournament. <laughs> and as an Ole Miss fan, we're, you know, our jaws just collectively dropped because, you know, the reality that people don't understand and what they don't understand what's going on is the reason Ole Miss is excited about this hire is, A, one of the top five basketball coaches potentially in the country, but Ole Miss has never taken basketball seriously. Hmm. 
not in their history. There was um, the NCAA tournament that they went to in 1981 um, off of an SEC tournament victory. Rob Evans had them in the early 90s and built up with what Keith Carter, that group, they had about a 10-year run that they were relatively successful. Andy Kennedy made it twice. Boom. I just did the whole Ole Miss basketball history. Now, there are some great points. baby. Let's go Marshall Henderson. Yeah. Marshall Henderson, I mean, could have a statue at that place. Um, Gerald Glass, everybody forgets about Gerald Glass. But, you know, there's been some good players that have come through. But the NCAA tournament, nine appearances in its history. I think Chris Beard has as many appearances as that already. And I'm sure he has more NCAA tournament wins because I think he has at least four, which means he would have more NCAA tournament wins than Ole Miss. (laughs) That's right. And here's the thing. Why shouldn't he feel that way? Because you know what? In this era, the transfer portal era, it's extremely doable. You look at Jerome Tang at Kansas State this year. Preseason picked dead last in the Big 12. What do they do? They turn around, finish third in the best conference in America, and they're a three seed. Let's take it to the SEC. Dennis Gates. Mizzou has picked preseason 11 in the SEC, finished fourth, and got a seven seed. But here's the nice thing for Ole Miss. You know what Chris Beard doesn't need to be that successful? He doesn't need the transfer portal. He doesn't need NIL or COVID eligibility because Chris Beard has a history of turning things around quickly, even prior to this whole era that we're in right now, right? You look at like literally every stop of the way, Arkansas, Little Rock, one year, 30 and five NCAA tournament, second round, Texas Tech went to the school's first ever elite eight, followed it up with nearly beating Virginia in the national championship game. Like, This dude can turn things around in a hurry. And so there's absolutely every reason to expect to make it in year one. And then who knows what is beyond that because he doesn't need it to be a perennial basketball powerhouse. He can go win with whoever you want to give him. And then you heap on the fact that we do have the transfer portal at his disposal. This guy's going to go out and get some dudes. Well, speaking of the transfer portal, is anybody coming across your radar um, since this hire has been made? That's a great question. Uh, like at this point, is it still, it's just Abram White and Breakfield in the transfer portal out, right? Yeah, at the, at the moment. But Breakfield, we Breakfield, Breakfield um, was actually at the presentation, not Abram, yeah, not Abram or um, White. Okay. However, I've seen that White and Breakfield did both publicly say they would still consider Ole Miss hmm. in, in their transfer decisions. So watch for that. I would not be surprised. Breakfield started his career at Duke and like has a high history of playing high level basketball. And so uh, as the second for this year, would not be surprised at all to see him back playing for Chris Beard next year. We are so early right now, Stephen, in the transfer portal process. It just opened on Monday under the new transfer portal windows. We got 60 days out through like May 11th. And so right now it's less for me about specific people and more about what type of player will Chris Beard look for. Looking at his history, like at Texas Tech, that year they went to the national championship, had the number one defensive efficiency at Ken Palm in the entire nation. And so he's the type of guy, he's going to go out and look for guys who will defend like crazy. He's going to get guys that can shoot out of their minds, and he just he just needs athletes who can buy in and do what he needs to do. You're going to hopefully keep some of these guys like Matthew Merle and others, right? Who can just stick around and be a stud, but he's going to get guys in the transfer portal. And legitimately this time next year, I could be 
holding this very bracket and saying, oh, look, there's Ole Miss, a five seed or a seven seed or whatever it is, that wouldn't shock me in any way. Yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. And I honestly, uh, from his presentation, it went about as well as it could have, uh, honestly, because there were going to be people that were going there for one specific purpose and it had nothing to do with basketball. But at the end of the day, I guess with the NCAA tournament tournament coming through, that kind of disappeared and it dissipated fairly quickly. Do you think that and that storyline going on will affect his recruiting um, as well? Would, would that make it a little bit harder for him to recruit? I think it will definitely be part of the conversation. I think there will be some parents who say, listen, I, I, I know what legally was declared, but I also read the police report. And I, I just frankly do not feel comfortable sending my son to play for Chris Beard. I mean, that's just going to be the reality of the situation. Um, and that, that is what it is. But at the end of the day, I think there's going to be even more people who are like, yeah, but I want to win basketball games and like it, don't like it. That's what sells. And that's, that's what gets people to go play basketball at places. And so, uh, like, so having Lane Kiffin coaching the football team, having Chris Beard coaching your basketball team, they're in great shape. And uh, they're, they're going to be, there might be some that will decline because it's Chris Beard. But I believe that there will be enough where Ole Miss will be in fine shape next season. Okay. Let's go back to basketball real quick. I just wanted to get off on that tangent just for a second. Uh, <laughs> non-conference scheduling. What kind of non-conference scheduling has Chris Beard been able to do? Because Ole Miss, because like we said, 100 years of basketball being essentially down, it's hard to get good teams to come to Oxford. How is he going to schedule? <laughs> I think he will schedule tough. I would, I would expect him to maybe not do that next year, just to take a little bit of time to get the lay of the land, get himself established, get his guys comfortable with him. So I wouldn't expect to see a crazy non-conference schedule next year. One thing though, to keep in mind is that is something that the selection committee looks at, not necessarily for inclusion or exclusion from the tournament, but in terms of seating. So you see a team like Texas A&M got a seven seed this year. They, to me, were more deserving of maybe a five or a six but a lot of the reason they're on the seed line they are is because of their weak non-conference schedule. So I expect at least for the 23-24 season that Coach Beard probably won't schedule like a murderer's row non-conference. But following that, I wouldn't be surprised to see him start loading up. Now, uh, one, of the, one of the interesting things we talk, like thinking about conference versus non-conference, with him going from Texas Tech to Texas, he had to go back to Lubbock and face people there. With Texas coming into the conference in a couple of years, he's going to have to go back to Austin. And that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Uh, and so it certainly won't be scheduling the Longhorns or the Sooners for non-conference because they'll be right there in the SEC. So for this coming year, I'm not expecting a gauntlet, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that in the 25-26 season and beyond. All right, let's get your outlook. What is your outlook for next year for Ole Miss basketball? For next year, if I am putting Ole Miss outlook for the 23-24 season, I would expect them to be somewhere in the 5-8 to eight range in the conference standings. Again, it wouldn't surprise me if they were higher because it feels like every year in the SEC, we're going to see Kentucky, Tennessee, now Alabama at the top. Um, but I, I think just by nature of him being such a good coach, he'll hop right up pretty quick. So I expect them to be in the upper echelon, but maybe more towards the middle than the elite tier. 
Um, but I do expect them to make the tournament next year. It wouldn't shock me if they were in the bubble conversation. A lot of that will depend uh, on the transfer portal. And that's just the nature of college athletics right now, as we all know. But that, that, that's where I'd place them as of today when we record this in mid-March. Uh, uh, five to eight in the SEC and getting a maybe seven, eight, nine, ten seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, what what I was telling my people um, about my prediction was kind of what Vanderbilt did this year That's is great. kind of is great kind great. of what you can expect. They might struggle early on by February and March. They'll be absolute hell to pay, um, <laughs> and could and will be in the conversation for the tournament. I think that's a great comparison, Stephen. And kudos to Jerry Stackhouse and that team for mm. what they've done down the stretch, knocking off Kentucky twice. They beat Tennessee. And so, yeah. And I think that's part of the transfer portal era is it just takes teams a while to gel. But once they do, if they got the right pieces and Chris Beard's a guy who can figure out what those right pieces are, he'll tinker, but he'll get it right. And so watch out in late January and February of 2024. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus you can hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You can hear from Isaac. Um, and um, Andy Patton, who has been on our show as well, is over there. It's a really good show. I think they're currently charting at about eight. I think I saw that on Twitter today. Wild. Yeah, Wild. It's amazing. This this is y'all's time to shine, though, right? This is. This is. We're leaning into it. We're having a blast. I got my Santa hat. I'm ready for the madness to start. Let's do it. Yeah, listen to this stroke of bad luck before I get out of here. I've it. got jury duty tomorrow. Oh, no. That's terrible. <laughs> so you I'm hoping go in and you got to go in and act like a crazy person so that they dismiss you like immediately. No, I should walk in. There's like, Hey, I'm self-employed. I need this podcast and everything to go. Um, I have a brain tumor and I'm half deaf. One of those pick one, send me home. <laughs> That's right. And by the way, don't forget to subscribe to the locked on Ole Miss podcast <laughs> while I'm here. Seriously. Just, I am going to wear my locked on polo. Uh, tomorrow just a little free advertising as well anyway thank you isaac for stopping by it was awesome um i hope we can do it again sometime and with chris beard it sounds like we probably will you know what i would love to do it steven thanks for the great job you do here on the show hotty toddy let's go all right thanks bud